0: Welcome to Your Adventure Podcast, a motivational podcast without the screaming. A hosted, unedited conversation with guests from all walks of life, sharing their own personal journey, showing that everyone has different outlooks on life, choice of career, and that success looks different for everyone. Get ready to be inspired and be enlightened of how we all have similar journeys and thoughts, Anything is possible. This is Your Adventure Podcast. And this is Dustin Emery.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Your Adventure Podcast. And this is your host, as always, Dustin Emery. Uh, today is my segment, School of Thought, the solo episode where it's just myself talking to you. Um, first off, before I start, uh, I really just wanted to talk about the crazy little, uh, venture or adventure that I just went down probably about 10 minutes ago. Um, so I tried doing basically a Zoom, uh, podcast with someone. Um, I thought maybe if I set up a microphone, and the pop filter in front of, like, the laptop and the Zoom, that the volume would be picked up enough for you to actually hear them on the other end. Because I have been dabbling with trying to do Zoom podcasting. um, Because I have some guests who uh, can't make the drive, you know, because it's too far. They want to be on the show, um, but it's too far, you know. And And I totally understand that. You know, um, but yeah, I just can't seem to get the right, uh, equipment together to actually do that, uh, because the volume is just not there. Um, you know, I have all the equipment in my studio, you know, for some of, for some of the people who've seen, you know, my Instagram and the guests that I've had on the show, you know, you can see all the equipment. I got everything set up, but, um, recording through the zoom you know, call, um, even with all the equipment, it just is such bad audio. Um, you can barely hear the guest. You can hear me just fine, but you just can't hear the guest and it really sucks. Um, you know, the one thing I've always seen in other podcasts, you know, um, podcasts that are much bigger than myself, uh, for sure. You know, it seems like when they do a Zoom podcast episode with someone, It seems like that person on their end, um, they kind of have their own equipment and their own recording, and I feel like what they do probably is they probably record their voice in the conversation, then send it to the host of the podcast, and then they mix the audio together. That's my thought on it. I could totally be wrong, Um, but that's what I think, and honestly... Uh that is definitely a lot of work. Um and you know that's a lot to uh put on a guest, you know, especially if they don't have the equipment. Um you know, that's just that's a lot to put on them. So as of right now, I'm still doing no Zoom podcasting. Uh just hasn't been in the in the cards yet, you know. Uh maybe one day as the show gets bigger, you know, maybe I'll have a different setup, maybe Um, I don't know, maybe technology will get much better than it is now, at least when it comes to podcasting, I have no idea. Um, If you guys have any tips, you know, whoever's listening, I'm always still trying to learn um, how to be a podcaster. I mean, it's still an ongoing um, uphill journey for sure. You know, I'm only 42 episodes in now, you know. Uh, My year anniversary is this June, uh, June 2nd, you know, so I can't say I'm a pro at all, you know, Um, and I want to continue learning. I want this podcast to get better. I want it to grow, um, help people. So if you guys have any tips on how to do an actual podcast where, you know, uh, you can call or Zoom or, you know, something like that. There's got to be a way around this, you know. Because if other podcasts are doing it, um, yeah, then there's just got to be a way for me to do it. You know, I just haven't found it yet. But I'm going to keep looking, you know, because um, I would like to bring on some of the guests who have requested, you know, to do an over-the-phone podcast or whatever. And that's totally fine. You know, I get that. I'd love to bring them on, so... excuse me, Um, I don't know, but we'll figure that out. Uh, But today, you know, uh, you know, the only thing I've been really thinking about, honestly, in the last, I would say week, you know, my own thoughts has mainly been, um, well, I'm sure for a lot of you, it's probably been, um, if you didn't know, some of the COVID mandates are coming down, which is really nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, which is really nice because, you know, the the jobs uh that I have, you know, I work with people, um, and and even kids, um, and they have decided, um, in the school districts, and in the gyms, uh, they have decided to, um, you know, get rid of the mask mandate. So you don't have to wear a mask anymore, which is great. Uh, Honestly, for myself, I'm very excited about that. I love not having to wear a mask anymore for work. I'm sure some people probably don't agree with that. Who knows? You know, um, everyone's entitled to their own opinion for sure. But I'm definitely very excited about that. You know, and one thing I, I did bring up or actually looked into was some of the The news, basically, about how the mandates are are coming down around America, really. You know, just some of the big cities or big counties are the ones that are really uh, pushing for it to not end. Which, you know, is understandable. Because, you know, the population is obviously bigger in some of these counties. Like L.A. County, for sure. Um, They're one of them that's kind of pushing back. But, you know, for us in the Inland Empire, for a lot of our counties... You know, the mask mandate is over. You know, you don't have to wear a mask anymore, which, again, like I said, I am very excited for that. But uh, back to my point, you know, one thing I did research, (laughs) excuse me, um, one thing I did research and looked up on Fox News is something I feel like we probably always thought of. Um, We always thought of our politicians and our Congress as kind of, even our governor, you know, a governor of California. Seems like we've always seen them kind of tell Americans, tell us that you need to wear a mask. You know, that's the rules, that's the mandate. But then they go and do the opposite. They don't wear masks. They go to press conferences without masks. Um, and it's kind of funny because the research I, I pulled up, or at least the quote from his message was from, Uh, The senator from Texas, uh, Ted Cruz, you know, the article starts off with most Americans no longer need to wear masks in schools or public places. And the Senate Republicans on Tuesday pushed for an end to one of the most far-reaching COVID-19 mask mandates left. Uh, They are reaching for transportation. Uh, That's the last mandate apparently that hasn't been approved yet. Transportation. Um, <clears throat> Senator Ted Cruz is quoted saying, I've got a crazy idea. The American people should have the same mask rules that members of Congress had at the State of the Union address. Uh, for some of you, if you watch the State of the Union address uh, uh, that Joe Biden gave about the Russian uh, conflict, you know, with Ukraine uh, or the war, really. Um, I remember watching it, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I do remember seeing pretty much nobody with masks, so it's kind of ironic and funny that, uh, they're pushing, you know, for mask mandates, but nobody, uh, in the political, you know, power is really following it, so this is kind of weird. Um, the rest of the quote that, you know, Senator Ted Cruz talks about says that, just two weeks ago, we saw 535 members of Congress sitting on the floor of the House. I don't think there were five max, masks among them. Uh, Cruz continued with this quote, said, Joe Biden didn't have a mask, Camilla Harris didn't have a mask, uh, Nancy Pelosi didn't have a mask. Um, yeah, you know, in my opinion, Joe Biden didn't have a mask. Eh, I don't really see that as... That big of a deal. He was the speaker, and honestly, with the way he speaks in general, uh, it probably been it probably would have been really hard to hear him if he had a mask on. So, honestly, for for Joe Biden not wearing a mask, whatever. I don't really care because he was the speaker. Uh, but Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi, I you know I saw them sitting in the background behind Biden. All they were doing was, you know, getting up every few minutes to clap about something that Joe Biden said in his, uh, you know, State of the Union address. Um, so, yeah, them sitting in the background like that, yeah, they probably should have had a mask. They were on national TV for everybody to watch. So it does seem kind of unfair. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't want to dive in too much to this, you know, because honestly, the max the mask mandates in general uh, was nothing, honestly, that I was really ever on board for, you know, especially because even with the masks, you know, we still had a pandemic, and we, I guess, technically, we still have a pandemic, but um, we still had a pandemic for two years, you know. Um, I know they said that, you know, the mask, uh, you know, what's the phrase, it uh, turns the curve, you know, or, or stops the curve of COVID, you know, and I, and I get that, you know, you cough, you spit, I don't know, you, you know, bodily fluids that come out of the mouth, like they spread, I, I can understand that, but even when everybody was wearing a mask in general, you know, uh, we still got COVID cases everywhere, so how much good did it do? I don't know. We probably won't know those statistics really, um, in full until we really get out of this pandemic for real, for real, you know, and COVID just becomes, you know, uh, the flu. And honestly, in my opinion, I do think that COVID eventually will just be like the flu. Um, the flu shot becomes available every year for Americans. You know, hey, get your flu shot for this year. Um, you know, it's something that's pretty normal. Everyone either gets it or doesn't. Um, but it's available, right? And they always, the government, counties, whatever, they always talk about, hey, get your flu shot this year. It's time. Uh, in my opinion, I think the COVID vaccine eventually will be in that category. Maybe not right now, but I think eventually it'll be like, hey, you know, it's the new year, get your flu shot and get your COVID shot for the year. Um, That's yet to be seen, obviously, but I do think in the future it will be like that. I think it'll just be something normal that just happens. Um, You know, I don't know about you, but myself, honestly, I haven't gotten a flu shot and I don't know how long. Um, and I actually, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had the flu in years. Um, knock on wood again. Uh, so, uh, you know, never got COVID. So I've been lucky in that regard because I obviously I do know some people um, in my own family and in some of my family's friends, you know, they had people... Uh, Who caught COVID? Um, Some passed away because of COVID. You know, so I understand that grief and that pain. Um, But, you know, uh, I didn't get COVID and I didn't have the vaccine for a year and a half. Um, And who knows? Maybe this soundbite a year from now will be on Twitter and it says, well, that soundbite didn't age well. Who knows? Uh, I could be. I could be digging myself in a hole right now, but yeah it's here. Neither there or what's what's the phrase? It's neither here or there. But you know, we'll just see. I I think eventually, like I said, I think COVID uh, shots, COVID vaccines, will just be a part of the normal thing you do every year. You know, hey, it's flu season. It's time to get your flu shot. I think COVID's gonna be there in that regard. Um, but yet like i said it's yet to be seen who knows who knows yet cuz <clears throat> technically we are still in a pandemic we're still trying to figure out things but now uh we definitely have more problems um it has definitely been a rough couple of years for uh well the world and you know for us as americans you know um obviously i am an american i live in california so Uh, The problems that uh, arise in America are, you know, the problems I deal with. I don't know the problems or I don't deal with the problems uh, from other countries, you know. So I don't know what their stance is or how they feel about things. So I'm just speaking for myself and I guess for Americans. I don't know. Whatever you want to, however you want to call this, you know, it's up to you. But, you know, for us now... <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of you, uh, maybe are driving while you're listening to this. I'm sure a lot of you just in general, uh, drive a car or know someone that knows someone that drives a car. And for Californians, for sure, uh, we are experiencing a very steep climb in our gas prices. Uh, today, actually, um, since we're talking about it, I paid five sixty nine a gallon. Uh, for you know the future reference, uh, this today is March fifteenth, two thousand and twenty two. Gas prices that I paid today is five sixty nine, um, and that's just in Redlands. That was in the Inland Empire. I don't know what other counties are right now. I've heard. Uh, that L.A. is probably the worst right now. I heard some people are paying $7 a gallon. Uh, my brother, um, he went on a business trip to Sacramento. Um, so he's definitely further up north in California, California-wise. Um, he sent a shot to our mom, and he was paying, I believe it said 6 15 or 625 Um, that's just unimaginable Um, for myself you know I am 29 so you know this is your host I'm 29 and I remember buying gas uh, in high school and even a few years after high school um, you know when I had my first car Uh, I think I was paying about two something at that point And I was like, man, that is really high. That's so crazy, right? Especially considering how I watched uh, my brother, you know, when he was in high school. I think he was paying a dollar something, you know. And then, obviously, I have grandparents and they always talked about how they paid, you know, like 10 cents a gallon. Like, that's amazing, right? Uh, If we could have 10 cents a gallon right now, like... Even if all this stuff was going on right now, but we still were paying $0.10 a gallon because, like, you know, just gas in general didn't go up in prices over the years, you know, with inflation and all that. Like, just imagine, like, we were paying $0.10 a gallon. Like, that's amazing. I'm very jealous of that old generation that was paying that much for gas because once I became a driver, you know, it sucks having to put that money aside to pay for the gas in your car. Like I'm sure a lot of you are feeling the pinch. You know, um, that sucks. And um now I think back to yeah, again my high school days and a few years after high school, you know, having my first car. I think back to that and I'm just like, man, I really wish we could go back to $2. And I thought $2 at that time was high. Right? You know, I think 250 and I think the highest it got before it you know went to three dollars at the time I think it was like 289 um, and it like stopped there never got the three it took a really long time for it to get the three but I do remember thinking wow it's really close to three and I think eventually it's gonna go over three um, and obviously it did and then you know it got close to four dollars and it went to four and you know we've sat you know, at four, four something, you know, four we've sat in the $4 range for, I would say, a good, a good handful of years if, if we think about it, um, and then now, you know, with, uh, with the Russian and Ukraine, you know, war or conflict, however you want to label it, you know, um, and shout out to Ukraine, you know, I hope, Honestly, I, I hope that everything goes in their favor. That is my opinion. Uh, I don't think, I don't think what Russia is doing is right. And honestly, I think it's gonna blow up in Russia's face in the end. But, um, you know, for all the soldiers lost and all the family members and all the people of that conflict, even the Russians, and Russian soldiers. If if you really get down to it uh, and look at it. The soldiers are just doing. The soldiers are just doing their job, Um, so we can't hate the Russian soldiers because they're just doing their job. Um, You know, just like American soldiers. If our president, our leaders sent them in somewhere, you know, they're just doing their job. Even if you don't agree with it, you know, they're just doing their job. They have families just like everybody else. You know, a wife and kids to support, bills to pay. You know, whatever it may be. They they're just doing their job. So I, I do wanna say that because I feel I feel bad sometimes that, you know, when there's problems in the world, you know, we especially when it comes to war, you know, we blame one side more than the other. Um you know, and I will say, yeah, that the Russian soldier the Russian soldiers they're just doing their job. Um, and I hope that all the Russian all the Russian soldiers, I can't believe I can't say that word, but I hope that all the soldiers are able to make it home, you know, back to their families, back to their kids, back to their wives. Um, and I hope the same for the Ukraine soldiers and any civilians um, living in a war zone, really. I hope, you know, they all make it out alive and uh in well you know back to their families back to their kids and if they have any soldiers or any husbands that are soldiers you know I hope they make it back as well and I hope this conflict this war uh I hope it's over really soon um but enough enough of that part of the conversation but um You know, we were talking about gas prices and, you know, I just wanted to say all that before I kept going with the gas story. But, you know, I know they said uh, in the State of the Union address, you know, Biden talked about the rising gas prices and how basically the reason why we have, you know, the heightened gas prices is because of Russia um, because we buy our oil from them and apparently we buy a lot so it affects our gas you know um, and, it, and it makes the you know the businesses who you know provide us with our gas in America uh, makes them have to charge more because now they're getting less coming in because of the Russian conflict Now, as we continue talking, so it doesn't sound like I'm just talking out of my ass, really. I do want to look up how much oil do we receive from Russia to the United States? Because I am curious, you know, how much would we need to receive from Russia to actually make it affect our gas line so much that our gas prices are literally going up every single day? I really haven't seen uh gas prices sit for very long. Like they go up very quickly. You know, I think a few days ago, uh maybe a day ago actually, I think I paid 5.49 and then today I paid 5.69. So it's like that's that's just such a dramatic jump in, you know, 1 to 2 days. So I don't think gas prices are really sitting very long. Um but you know, before we continue, I want to see how much does I'm going to Google this. How much does uh the United States how much does the United States how much does the United States get oil from Russia? How much do we get? Let's see what it says. Oil from Russia. <clears throat> okay. How much oil does the US import? from Russia, and why did Biden ban it? Okay, Uh, well, that's the, you know, title of the article, but I'm just more curious about how much we actually get from Russia Uh, right now, at least for this conversation, or this topic. um, I don't care why Biden banned it, I'm sure I know why, but I want to see... Okay, so the share of U.S. monthly imports of crude oil and petroleum products from, De- from January to December 2021, so last year. Okay, so we actually – wow, this, uh, this graph is very interesting. I actually didn't think – okay, so the graph shows that we get 51.3% from Canada – we get eight point four percent from Mexico, we get two point four from Colombia, two point zero from Ecuador, one point nine from Iraq, one point seven from Brazil, five point one from Saudi Arabia, 19.4% uh, from all other countries, and in red here, because it's about them, uh, Russia, we get seven point nine percent of our US monthly imports of crude oil and petroleum. Um, so that's actually smaller than Mexico, which is kind of surprising. I thought Russia would have more. Um, it's more than Saudi Arabia, but I mean Canada, that's that's huge. 51.3 um, percent. Now obviously I don't know the breakdown because I'm curious as to the fact you know, where is Canada getting all their oil from? Like, are they mining or not mining it? Are they getting it from their own country and then sending it to us, or are they getting it from other countries and then sending it to us from them? Like, I don't know the whole breakdown, but this is just off of an article that I'm reading um, from the Wall Street Journal, uh, from the Wall Street Journal. So you guys can take a look at that if you want to on your your own time. Uh, The Wall Street Journal, the title of the article is How Much Oil Does the U.S. Import from Russia and Why Did Biden Ban It? That's the title for the article. So this is what I'm reading. Uh, Where you go to for news um, and articles is up to you. But this is just what I'm reading from, you know, the Wall Street Journal. Uh The other part <coughs> that I found interesting um about this. let's see if we can get back into it. Um, okay, so the number of barrels is where I was actually the most intrigued. It's still really crazy, though. Um, Yeah, even this graph, it says oil imports account for about 20% of the U.S. supply. So only 20% of our oil is actually coming from other countries. So that's 80% from the U.S. supply that we're getting from. So, yeah, if only 20% of our oil is coming from other countries then why the heck is our oil so much right now just because of the russian conflict and in you know the the russian war with uh ukraine that um to me as a you know a civilian a normal person you know that doesn't work in government and all that i look at that and i'm just i'm confused i'm sure some of you might be confused as well just listening um And this is just the graphs that I'm looking at on the Wall Street Journal. You guys can take a look um, on your own. Just so you know, I'm not full of shit and just making up these random numbers. Um, But, you know, this is what it's telling me when I Google it. And it's, um, that's just really weird to me. It doesn't make sense. So... You know Biden is quoted saying on Tuesday that the Russian oil ban would likely drive up gasoline prices in the U.S. Uh, he also acknowledged that not all European countries would be able to follow suit on the ban. As of Wednesday, Canada and the United Kingdom had announced bans on Russian oil. According to Eurostat, Russian crude oil and petroleum products account for 12% of the U.K.'s oil imports. So, just because of Russia, our gas prices have gone up. Um, Still really weird to me, considering we don't get, um, like I said, I said 7.9%. I know when it comes to an entire country, you know, because let's see, the United States has how many people in the USA population? Let's go with that. USA population as of 2021 uh, 32 million people, I'm sorry, 332 million people, I totally said that, I totally said that wrong, I apologize, um, but yeah, 332 million people as of 2021, so, 7% of that, you know, let's see, 7% of Russia oil, let me, let me do the math here, 7% of, let's see if I can do this math, I'm very bad at math, so let's see if I can get this number right. Let's see. I'm sure some of you who are good at math are probably listening right now, and you already got the number. Okay, so if I did this correctly, what is that? 7%? Okay, 0, 0, tw- okay. Hmm, yeah, I hope I. hope I hope I did this math right. Seven percent of 332 million is 23 million people. 23 million. I really hope that math is correct. Uh, if you guys are listening and know that that math isn't correct, then let me know. but um, at least with the calculator, how I'm doing it, um, it shows that it's 23 million people. So if we do the math on that again, Let's go thirty-two million. Thirty-two million minus twenty-three million, okay. No, that's that's totally not right. Hold on. Thirty-three. I apologize for anybody listening to this terrible mathematician over here, because I cannot do math. Okay. Minus twenty-three million. I could be totally wrong about this, but... Okay, so 332 million people minus 23 million people. So the 23 million is the 7%, the 7.9% of oil that we get from Russia. That's how much it covers. It covers 23 million people. So that leaves 309 million people left to service With oil and gas. Now, those numbers to me, uh, I don't... And someone can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, like I said, I'm not a politician. So I don't know exactly 100% as to why the gas prices are going up. I can just go with the news and what I think. You know, that's all we can really do, really. Um, as civilians, as just normal people, you know, just going about our daily lives. That's all we really can do. We can just go to the news, look at the information, um, and judge it from there. So with those numbers, though, it just seems, it just doesn't seem right or logical as to why our gas prices would soar to the amounts that they are, Um yeah, it just makes no sense to me. Um, with such a small number of Russian oil actually coming into us, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but again, I'm not a politician. I don't work in the government. So do uh, do I know what it all looks like? No. So just I can just go with my opinion. What I think, to me, it doesn't make sense. Um, and this is going to sound like a conspiracy here at the end. Uh, but I, uh, I got a haircut a few days ago, you know, got my hair trimmed up, got my beard trimmed up. And I remember talking to my barber for a second and I just told him, you know, what I think is going to happen is gas prices are going to soar, right? Which they are. Gas prices are going to soar and, you know, they're six seven dollars probably nationwide probably everywhere right <clears throat> depending on where you live you know your gas prices are going to be different but i think what's going to happen is it's going to hit those numbers and then the russian ukraine you know conflict war will be over right and life will kind of go back to normal right won't have any problems now how long does that take who knows? But Honestly, we're going to get so used to paying 6 or $7 for gas and, you know, the gas companies and oil companies, they're going to see that, you know, that we got used to it. We, you know, we adjusted, you know, to the price changes and I don't think gas prices are ever going to go back down again. I don't think they're going to go back to the levels that I guess we had gotten accustomed to in the past few years, which was, you know. Ranging from uh, I think about three fifty in some places, especially some other states that aren't California. Um but gas prices, you know, between three fifty and what, four eighty nine or four sixty nine. You know, I don't know if we'll ever go back to those numbers again. I think honestly they'll notice that we just got used to paying the six dollars, the seven dollars a gallon. Um and, yeah, I don't think gas prices are going to go back down. I think they're going to stay where they're at um, once this Russian-Ukraine you know, Ukraine conflict war is over. Uh, I think they're going to stay. And that's unfortunate because, you know, if those prices go up, that means everything else has to go up. You know, our food, our supplies, our utilities, you know, because... We have to fuel, you know, the trucks and the planes and everything that supplies us with our daily um, lives. You know, our food or our water, uh, et, cetera, et cetera. I could go on. So everything else has to go up in price now because all the other companies are paying more to get their drivers and all their, um, I don't know what you want to call it, buses, planes, you know, their trucks delivered to everywhere in America for us. Everywhere in the United States, that everything else has to go up. It's just natural, um, and it's unfortunate because it seems like for a lot of us, our pay, uh, at least when it comes to a living wage, kind of stays the same. Um, you know, I I mean, we're already at this weird point right now. I mean, you can get paid like eighteen dollars an hour to go make burgers at McDonald's, and like that's the craziest thing to me because like you know you can go be like a man you can go be like a manager for some company that isn't McDonald's right and you're probably making the same depending on the company you know you're probably making the same but you're a manager you have more responsibilities but the kid at McDonald's is making burgers that aren't even really freshly made honestly And he's making $18 an hour just doing that. And, eh, you know, that's not his fault. You know, he got a job. You know, everyone needs that first job. But it's just crazy to me that that has happened. You know, McDonald's is a thing now where you can get paid $18 or more just to work there. I remember the very first time I started looking for work when I was uh, a kid. You know, at least my first official one that wasn't under the table um, uh, I think I was 17, where I was looking for, like, the first official one that didn't pay me under the table, and I remember I had applied for a McDonald's, because, uh, it was local, it was close to my home, um, and it was one of my mom's friends, like, friend, you know, uh, they had opened a franchise, and they were looking for workers, you know, so they could get it going, and I remember I applied, and, um, you know, I got the job, right, um, but the the pay at the time, you know, at least in that, you know, uh, year, which was, woo, you know, like 10 years ago, really, um, yeah, it was like $10, maybe, maybe eight or nine, I, I can't remember, honestly, off the top of my head, but, you know, that's, uh, that was the pay at that point, which is crazy, to think about because now where we're at with minimum wage is so much higher. It it is kind of crazy. But the McDonald's job though, I I found something better uh, before I actually started that job. So I actually never worked for McDonald's, uh, which I'm very happy about because I've, I've heard uh, nothing but bad things about McDonald's, at least when it comes to working there. So I never took that job because I I found something else, probably like a week later before I was supposed to start the McDonald's job. So uh, weirdly, maybe a blessing in disguise. I I, I don't know. <laughs> who who knows? It's a what if moment because uh, I never worked there. So yeah, go figure. But all right, guys. Um, I think I'm gonna end it there. I think I've probably talked to you off enough. Um. How important were my thoughts? Uh, I don't know. But it's nice and refreshing to kind of just get my thoughts out, of, out there. And to really just kind of get them off my chest. It's uh, therapeutic, so I appreciate it. Appreciate you listening to Your Adventure Podcast. And remember that life is an adventure, so make sure you live it on your own terms. And I'll see you next time, guys.
0: You've been listening to Your Adventure Podcast with Dustin Emery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast. And we hope that you've been truly inspired and motivated. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Your Adventure Podcast. Until next time, this is Your Adventure Podcast signing off.